Hello and welcome back to Audio Biography, the podcast where we talk about the music that changed our lives and yours. We're uh, live again from what I'm now calling the Fairmont Studios. With me is my co-host Rob. What's up, Rob? What's up, Rich? Are you ready for this one? Not really, but we're going to do it anyway. Actually, we're not going to talk about it just yet, but Robbie is way more ready for this one than he's ever been. He's got a notepad. Had to be. Yeah. So before we get into the topic, actually, I'll tell him the topic. Tell him the topic. Okay, so we're doing Van Halen versus Van Hagar, but I'm not going to tell you just yet who's on which team. First thing I want to do is our last episode together, we did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We talked about this year's inductees, and I made a huge mistake. A gaffe. It was huge. And I thought about correcting it on the podcast, like putting a little, uh, just like edit, punching in a little, hey, I was wrong here, but I thought, I'll just wait till the next podcast, because that's what most people do. Yeah. So I said that Duran Duran was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we found out the travesty that they're not. They are not. Um, I, I think, in my defense, the reason my clouded brain at the moment, which is a mistake that as a huge Duran Duran fan, I should have never made. Um, but in my defense, I thought for some reason that to induct someone, you had to already be in, but that's not true. There's plenty of uh, bands that get inducted. No, you by were somebody. actually complicating the process. Totally. You're, you were adding like another layer. I was just being logical. I'm, you know, I just, no, you're just making rules. I was, I was making it up as I went. I, I don't know. I guess the, um, uh, the rock gods that love Little Steven and the E Street Band and those guys got really ticked off at the stuff we were saying. They did. We were pretty hard on yeah. uh, Silvio. Steven. He was like, not Duran Duran's never going to get in. <laughs> Probably, if he's still on that damn board. Yeah. Yeah, screw you, Little Steven. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to correct the record. And it's a, it is a travesty. How in the world? But speaking of that, they inducted Roxy Music, and I asked you to look up the song Love is the Drug. What do you think? Sounds like, kind of sounds yeah. like something Duran Duran would have been yeah. influenced by for sure. They were old New Wave, pre before New Wave, something, I don't know. We'll call it something like that, but. Yeah, um, but it, 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 it's, it's got some. Or we could say they're like the grandparents of the New Wave movement that came out of England. Oh, yeah, well, and then in the early 80s with, um. Avalon and all those things, they yeah. were really very new wavy. Yeah. But in, in 1975, you know, I guess they were probably comparable to somebody like David Bowie or something like that. I don't know. Um, I know, you know, Brian, Brian Ferry, who was lead singer, I want to say that um, he, he was dating Jerry Hall, and I think, uh, yeah, it was Jerry Hall, and then Mick Jagger stole her from him. Oh, that's his claim to fame then. Well, I mean, it's one of them. Yeah. Dick, Dick Jagger stole his woman. Yeah. Mick. Mick. Yeah, I'm just not a big Stones fan. That's all right. They got some, some good songs. I know you hate them. Well, I mean, and they're sitting somewhere and saying, we don't give a shit about y'all or what you think about Yeah, it. they're like, women, money, we've, yeah, fame. Yeah, those idiots are still having kids. <laughs> yeah, Mick's got like a whole brood. Well, the Ronnie or what it Ron uh, Ronnie Donnie Wood. or whatever Ronnie Wood. Yeah, the actually he's the one stone that I like. He's not an original. He he came in later. He played in the faces with uh, Rod Stewart. That's a good band, actually. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, he just had a kid. I know it's cr- with his twenty-four-year-old great-granddaughter. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're they're that much older than the girls they're seeing. That's ridiculous. It is. 
Anyway. They just don't like, they like giving that money away when they move on to the next one. <laughs> well, I mean, they got plenty to give away. I imagine how rich they would be if they quit marrying these chicks. They, Man, they got more money. Three or four la- years later. When they got, yeah, they got more money than God. They don't even care. Uh, all right, before we get into our topic, uh, we always talk about what we're drinking. And for me, it is one of my new favorite beers. Uh, I think I had it sometime back, but I've rediscovered it. It's from Roar and Sons. And it's um, it's a mango chili Kolsch. So it's really good. It is um, very crisp. Super fruity. You tried it. Mm-hmm. You, you definitely have the mango, but it does have that chili oh, yeah, bite. It was at little the end. Richard to me. Is that tutti frutti? <laughs> well, anyway, it's it's a good spring and summertime beer. But, I have two drinks. But even better, yeah. Robbie's <laughs> Robbie's two fisting it over there. He's got a beer that I gave him, and he's got something else so he'll have, tell you I about. I have the New Holland Double by Slamma Jamma Hoptronics Mamma or whatever you called it, <laughs> Double yeah. IPA. Yeah. Which you snuck that one in on me. It was like, woo. Super boozy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, it kind of put me in the mood for booze at that point. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Rich, what's in the liquor cabinet? I said everything. Everything. So you came out with this. I'm going to call it the Ice House Electric Blue. So we're going to call this yeah. drink. It's it's actually a, it's actually a it's a Singapore sling. I had a, a mixer, but I I doctored it up. It's got gin and the 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 blue mixer, some lime juice, and we topped it off with some Sprite. No, it's the Ice House Electric Blue. That's what I'm going to call it. Man, we got a we should do an episode where we at least mention Ice House. I just did. Yeah. No, I mean, I and, and then and then, there. and then talk about some of their songs and stuff. Maybe a one-hit wonder episode. Uh, they actually had more than one. No, they top had, they 40 had a couple. Yeah, I don't know. We could maybe. Get you actually found that that record with that song. I've, 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 I actually now have all of their uh, records on vinyl, all of their studio releases. Anyway, not bad for Australians. Nope, pretty good. All right, so we'll we'll move on to what the topic is today. And obviously, if you've clicked to listen to this, you know what it is. We're doing um, Van Halen versus Van Hagar. And if you don't understand what I mean by that, uh, of course, Van Halen started out with David Lee Roth and all the way up through the 1984 album and then moved on. They did the tour, and I think he left in 85. Yeah, and started his solo. Well, he was already doing some solo stuff, but then in 86, um, you had... uh, Sammy Hagar come on with the 5150 album. That was the first one, yeah. Yep. Which is it's a good album. Former frontman for Montrose and also had a little bit of a solo career. All right. So who are you repping in this? I can't drive 55. I'm repping Samuel. That's right. So Rob's Rob's on the va- Team Van Hagar, and I'm on Team Van Halen. And about a m- month or so ago, we, we ran a little poll on the website, and it actually got quite a few returns. And... Uh, Van Halen overwhelmingly won. I so. knew that when you posted it. I'm like, why don't you just go ahead and get your little first shot across the bow in there? Yeah, so Robbie knows that he's kind of behind the eight ball on this one. He knows that he's in, in the minority. Um, I'm not going to be too hard on you because both both versions of the band are really great. We'll just put that out there we'll first. We'll say that, and, and they're actually kind of two different bands. They really are. And and hopefully with the notes you've taken and, and all the thoughts you've had. I know that they're two different bands now that I've listened exhaustively to way too much van halen well good deal all right well i'm gonna and 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 we have both brought three songs each Mm -hmm. as part of our case 
right if if you will um, and we'll explain it to him three are our who we're defending and then three you had told me you're like let's pick three for the one that we're the opposite right and see how close we could match up that way just for fun right so robbie's already got his his yeah so what he what he's what he's saying there is he's got his three van hagar songs that that are going to be in 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 his argument but then i also asked him to pick three van halen songs and i want to see if the three that he picked and i'm assuming you picked three of the ones you love from from van halen just to see if they match up with the ones that i actually picked for this episode and and i don't know what those are further not that i even just love them i picked Technically, I've picked five for each, but they're they're actually what I think per, kind of personifies the band and what their sound was and what they were about. All right, all right. Um, wh- what do you like about Sammy more than than Dave? Well, much more of a vocal talent to me. Um, I'm going to say they're even on the songwriting because you know David Lee Roth, pretty good songwriter, especially on the early Van Halen stuff. You know. He, believe it or not, he wrote some of that. But, you know, Sammy came in and, you know, he's always been a songwriter, in addition to being a fantastic guitar player, too. I mean, yep. great singer. Yeah, um, the guitar playing thing should be one of your huge arguments. Oh, no, he's a fantastic guitar player. And, you know, he's, I think he's, what, 70 years yeah, old now? Yeah, doesn't, he doesn't look like it. That's insane. It. Yeah. And I think David Lee Roth is younger, and he looks 90. Yeah. That's what happens when you spin a metal stick around hit yourself in the face with it over and over on stage but <laughs> but anyway pow shot number one <laughs> yeah. all right well so um for me i i think for me a lot of it is um it's history it's it's growing up and you know those early 80s were so formative you know as far as what we like musically. And that can include both of these. I mean, yeah, the first album with Sammy came out in 86. All right. But you're a little younger than me, so maybe there, right. maybe that's where some of the difference is. No, but that I may probably, surprise you with some of the Van Halen songs I've picked, though, in that. Well, so. cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that the 1984 album in 1984 meant way more to me than it did you because I was in middle school and you were still in elementary school. I mean, that stuff does make a difference. Oh, it, it's... It can be very age specific. Yeah, I mean, because, the ni- you know, they were, they were kind of the sex, drugs, rock and roll, hot for the teacher thing. And yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when I did um, last April, when I did a blog post every day for thirty days, and it was super hard to stick to it. Well, Eighty four was a massive year for music, anyway. We've right. already talked about. Oh it. yes, but my very first one was Van Halen, nineteen eighty four. Um, I think that um, as part of my argument here, I think that um, as corny as David Lee Roth became, and now he is so full of corn that, like, Orville Redenbacher is rolling in his grave. Oh, no, yeah, you could go out to the Appalachian Fair, and he's he's hanging up there in the corndog booth. I mean, he's a corndog. Yep. But he is the ultimate front man. I mean, I know you you like Sammy's voice better. I don't necessarily... I don't think the voice is, is even a part of it for me, but, I mean, David Lee Roth was wild man, running around, doing his thing, singing the songs. Lots and of Aquanet, lots of stuff tied around his arms and legs for no apparent reason. Oh, yeah. All the spandex. I mean, he was just, he was he was a front man. He looked like 
the guy that you wanted and he fronting was, your band. Yeah, he was like the Taekwondo guy and all that kind of stuff. Which is part of the corny part. Oh, no. He's <laughs> Mr. Miyagi, man. I don't know. I guess in the, in the late 70s, early 80s, that wasn't corny. And maybe that's why he's so corny now, because all that stuff is so dated. I don't know. And, and you know what? He may be a better guy than that, but he's but he has to do that. He still has to be Mr. Miyagi from back then or whatever, <laughs> you know? Did you ever see that video that he did? Uh, or it wasn't a video. It was a show. Maybe it was like the late show or the night show, the bluegrass thing. Yes. That was bizarre. Oh, yeah. That was like bizarro world. I think that's in the last 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like so he, he like stood there still. And looked around and did all these weird hand movements and yeah, but he had, but the the hair and and he was dressed like somebody's dad. He yes, I think he was wearing he it was wearing mom jeans before there were mom jeans. I think he even had a cardigan or something. They were it. yeah, but I think those were more like mom khakis. Yeah. They weren't even jeans. I don't know what he was doing, but that was oh yeah, he was that was almost enough to turn me off. But well, thanks for bringing that up for me about him. I, I mean, I told you I'll, I'll I'll help your argument if I have to. Um. All right. Well, you want to just go ahead and get into the songs? May as well. Okay. So, I guess I'll start. And my first one, um, and it comes from the debut album. Actually, um, I'm trying to think. Did my second one come from the debut album? No. My first song is "Ain't Talking About Love," which might be a surprising pick to you. You probably thought that I was going to pick everything from 1984, but I didn't. Oh, no, there it is under my honorable mentions. Okay. Um, it's just such a good rock song. Um, it's got it's got everything that, that a Van Halen song is supposed to have. The, the you know, the Michael Anthony harmonies, the, uh, the big riff by Eddie Van Halen. Um, I don't, I, I couldn't find anywhere that it was even a charter. I don't think it ever even charted, um, but it's still just a kick-ass song. Do you like this song at all? I mean, you put it on your honorable mention for... Just because it makes me think of Van Halen. It's a, it is a very Van Halen song. Yeah, well, just like the intro. Oh, yeah, all the yeah. the harmonics and stuff. That, you know, it, it's totally... Which Van Halen, the, the one thing I'll always do, of course, is going to be Eddie. The yeah. sound that he makes the band have. But well, and Eddie wrote it. Um, and you know, he, he did, I mean, he had credits on most songs anyway, Yeah. especially like all the music really. Well, I think he made anybody that came in there, signed their life away in blood that he would get 90% of their, what they make. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't find a ton of really cool information on this song other than when I was a kid, it kicked ass and I, I can't think of Van Halen without thinking of this song. Um, Recorded in 77. It was released in 78. Um, actually, the whole band gets uh, songwriting credits on it, which which happened quite a bit. They they, they, they shared a lot of those credits. Well, they would probably come up with the melody and the groove, and, and then they would get together and flesh it out. Which is kind of interesting, because the Van Halen brothers are known to be dicks. Yeah. So Notoriously. And, and, and I haven't looked, but maybe later on, uh, later albums, they, they started... They may have been, you know, dropping those guys off. I don't know. Yeah. I know that, I know that they've done David Lee Roth and Michael Anthony and Sammy Hagar all really pretty dirty over the years. Oh yeah, they're at different times. They've at so many different points, and then they always come back and then get mad again. I'm like, hey, you think people change? Right. 
So that's it. Um, so here it is. I ain't talking about love. back and Rob what's your first Van Mine Hagar? are in no particular order of importance. Mine are too. I just I put mine in um order by year because I'm weird. But I'm I'm just gonna go with the an earlier 
I think I'm pretty sure this was on f- the first one. It was oh, you, was it fifty one fifty? Was the first 51 one? Fifty one fifty. Oh yeah, one but uh, dreams. Um. Okay, that was that was one of my three. So I, I knew I would get that one. And I, I bet we match up pretty good. Album drop, and it was I think the second single. I think it was. The other one I think was. Uh, uh, first one. Why was can't this be love? Wasn't it? Yep, that was the first. And yeah. which topped out number three. And uh, but yeah, this song, cool song, and it immediately was like, Van Halen sounds different. You know when we hear this, um, very poppy, with the synth and some of that stuff. But you know. And a lot of this was, you know, Eddie drove the direction of this band. And this, I think, was some of his exploration to change and try to write something different or something more mainstream. Or Well, Dreams had, had the sense, and then he started that in on the 1984 album with uh, Jump, and uh, I'll Wait had the sense mm-hmm. in it, and he just kind of continued it here. But very cool song. Had two different videos for it on MTV. See, everything for me kind of always goes back to those MTV videos. They actually had two videos. One of them showed them them playing it live, I think, in Cabo. Yeah. If I remember right. And, and then, then the, the other one, one the, the other Blue one was Angels. the Blue Angels. Yeah. yeah. Cool videos. Yeah. yeah. Especially so. the Blue Angels. I, I always got pumped with the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels and stuff like that. So yeah. that was kind of yeah, yeah. cool. Well, it's, it, well, see, I was, like you said, so much younger than you then. So yeah. Yeah, to me, it's like airplanes and spread your wings right now you were hit you'd hit puberty you were wanting to spread your wings in other ways at that point but <laughs> uh 86 yeah i'd yeah. already spread my wings oh flew away i just wanted to never mind <laughs> i'm gonna be quiet uh yeah so you said it came off 5150 which was the biggest uh biggest record they ever had with sammy uh, uh, of the four they did with of them. the four and i think um I think it was around 11 million is is about what I was able to find and settle on. Well, um, that's it was their biggest with them and they are one of only five bands to have two albums of over 10 million too. Yeah, and well, rock bands. Right. Well, and so the biggest the biggest was with with um David Lee Roth, which was the the Van Halen album. That was 17 million. I want to say there was another That was the first one, right? Yes, and then I want to say that there was another that was in the seventeen. It could have range. changed. It, it, they could have had one that's passed. And everything I found was like as of like 20, 2018 maybe maybe twenty seventeen. Right. Uh, I did look up album sales for part of my argument, and David Lee Roth doesn't. Those don't crush Sammy, but um, I think the Roth version had 57 million in sales. If you divide it by the seven albums, mm-hmm. it's like 8.14. Sammy did four; they sold 27 million, and it's a uh, 6.75. But the record, I, I will, I will admit that the record business had already started to change by the late 80s. So, but yeah, Van Halen definitely outsell Van Hagar. So, I mean, yeah, there's well, one, one in my car. Well, there's more. Well, there's more albums. And people bought a lot more albums back in those ancient days. Yeah, this is true. Well, I but still a fact that I'll accept, and to be expected. Of course, if you divide their greatest hits stuff, you know you kind of have to, you know. Yeah. Then you start getting into maybe it'll draw it a little closer, but. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, well, I think there was one album. It might have been a live album that, that they released where it had Sammy actually singing some of the Dave songs. I remember uh, hearing him sing Panama. Actually, I saw him in Nashville back when, back in college. 
and I remember him live singing Panama. So he did sing some of the some of that stuff live. Well, why not if you can? If you're yeah. in, if you're in Van Halen, well, they're good songs. Okay, well, any more about Dreams? No, just a, as a kid, cool song. Great song. So here it is, Dreams.
All right. Next up is my second pick from Van Halen, um, David Lee Roth era. It's And the Cradle Will Rock. This song is on the not on my list. Of not on your list. Wow. So this was on the 1980 album Women and Children First. Um, I, there's just always been something about this song uh, that I I don't know. It's just it's got a it's super rocking. I I like it when Van well, Halen has rock. Eddie doing that cool stuff on his guitar. That yeah, you know, he did all the could do so many things with his tapping and the string stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I I think it's again it's a kick ass song. This one also, of course, this again this was early on. Uh, everybody in the band got songwriting credits. I need to I need to look that. What if they I, have three albums before nineteen eighty four? That was their fourth or So they had Van Halen Van Halen two. Van Halen two. Women and Children first. And I want to say it seems like there was something it seems like there was something between that and nineteen eighty four. I'm sure that there was. I think so. I I'm thinking maybe four albums before to me, that in itself is impressive. You have four albums, then you birth out 1984. Oh, yeah, Fair Warning. That's the one I'm pretty yeah, you, then you. Oh, and Diver Down. No, they had five albums before 1984. I mean, hey, man, that's a great effort on well, your they sixth were, album. Um, <laughs> yeah, from 78 to 82, it was an album year. So Van Halen was in 78. Van Halen 2 was in 79. Women and Children First in 80. Fair Warning in 81. Diver Down in 82. And then a year break, probably for a tour. And then... Um, 1984, and then, uh, of course, probably they toured tour. for that, yeah. Yep. And then but that's still pretty prolific. The the output of albums well, in that amount of time. It's uh, yeah, seven albums in nine years. But cocaine is a hell of a drug. Well, I'm guaranteeing you <laughs> that they were doing plenty of that. Probably lots of drinking, probably lots of uppers, and probably lots of downers just to go to sleep. Oh yeah, it was just and lots what of what do I need to do right now? Yeah, we we know they're legendary for their partying. And you know, rehabs and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. I know that and the Cradle Will Rock is probably probably an odd pick to you, but I don't know. It's just it's it's like I don't know. You sometimes make your living being odd on this shit, man. So I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I was kn- I knew you were going to throw something weird at me, but I, the thing is, is I'm going to reverse it and throw weird stuff on you too. So. Yeah, I, I you know part of this song is that driving gun 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 gun. Mm-hmm. I, I like any song that has has a like that. Well, it's just anything that's driving in the background. Yeah, just rock and roll ought to hammer away from start to finish. And this is one of those songs, even though it's 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 not it's not even close to their most rocking song. But, no, but it's it's a it's just like a steady driver. It just it jumps in there and. I don't know, it just kind of hammers away. Well, it has the signatures. It has the high backing vocals from Michael Anthony. It has the really bombastic drumming and steady boom, boom backbeat. Yeah. And, and then s- that chunk and then, you know, the solos and stuff. And speaking of Michael Anthony, um, you know, Van Halen or Van Hagar, any version of this band is not the same without him. Oh, and no, I know that's that like what's touring now is really not like Van Halen and they're popping in either his vocals or vocals that sound like him on tour I hope they're at least giving him like a percentage if they're doing that because you I guarantee you Wolfgang Amadeus or whatever is not 
singing those parts. No. And if he was, they wouldn't sound like Michael Anthony. No. I they mean, would sound like Valerie Bertinelli. <laughs> oh, dropping in Eddie's... Um, I'm pretty sure she is Wolfgang's mom, right? I think so. Eddie's they baby They were together mama? for quite a while. Yeah, because I was about to say Eddie's baby mama. I have a fact checker mama. behind you shaking her head yes. So. Yeah, we have an audience. I guess they, they know the uh, baby mama drama. Podcast groupies. Mm. All right, so that's my pick number two. And uh, here it is. And the cradle will rock. What is your second? We're at your second one, right? Yeah. 
Skip, you just did your, you just rocked the cradle. Yep. Um, mine, I'm going to move it up a couple of more albums. Oh, you're going to the For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge album. I was certain you were going to go multiples on 5150. I am. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but, um, and this one was exclusively written pretty much, I think, by Sammy. Please tell me it's one that has a great story associated. Well, I mean, it's his story about this song. was No, I'm like, like a personal story. For me? Yes. There's a song on that album. No, that one's on my honorable mention. It's going to come in later. Okay, because you got to tell that story. Oh, yeah, the story's going to happen, and hopefully he'll be listening. Okay, thank God. Yes. Okay. Oh, no, that's in my notes. Okay. <laughs> but, no, this one is, um, Sammy wrote it, and he said he to him it was the first what he felt like were serious lyrics that he enjoyed and cared about that he wrote. So you could probably even guess what the song is. Hang on. Let me think. No, go ahead. Right now. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Which was a huge MTV hit. That was right at the, near the end of MTV. Um, you know, video, I think it was video of the year, but, you know, where it was flashing all the little stuff that you should do with your life across yep. the screen. And, yep, I remember. Um, and it was kind of uh, very piano-driven, obviously. Yep. Not synth. It was straight piano. Oh, but yeah, then, that, that whole would, long, like, minute-and-a-half intro and, yeah, and epic. It, boom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, epic. And then they, you know, then you come in at dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And it sounds like a Van Halen song at that mm -hmm. point. So, yeah. And he wrote that, and he said he actually liked that, and he felt he felt it was the best, most serious lyrics he'd written since he'd been. And I'm like, ah, Sammy, you wrote some other good songs yeah. on these, but I guess that one meant something to him, maybe. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was kind of like a hopeful, thinking about yeah. trying to be better kind of, in general song. But I thought, you know, and that album had several cool songs. I yeah. think it's one of the first cds i bought when i had got a cd player for my car yeah it's probably one of my least favorite van hagar albums however this song man i fucking love this song this song is so good it has a lot a lot of cool things that happen with it and and i do like the words i mean it's a thought thoughtfully written song but yep um i think uh as far as charting, not a big deal, mm -mm. which is amazing to me. If what I'm looking at right now is correct, it looks like um, in 91, it was number two on the album Rocks track, which I don't know what that chart is, uh, but it, it hit the uh, Billboard Hot 100 in 92, and it <laughs> how did it only make it to 55? I mean, well, see, 92, that was my senior year of high school, and that's when this album dropped and came out. Of course, out. Uh, you know, 92, that's also when Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Seattle happened, so that might be part of it. Well, that, but I mean... I'm oh, wait a minute, no, hang on. It was the number one hit on the Billboard 200. I was looking at a different... Uh, I guess it came back on the Billboard Hot 100 in 92, but looks like in 91 it was number one. I, yeah, I was like, how is this not a well, I was gonna say, monster... It was even even at that point, even with MTV's influence waning and stuff, it was the video of the year, and you know, and I'm I'm pretty sure they had a massive, uh, really big tour that sold out the whole year based on this album, and a lot of it based off of that song. Yeah, I, just a great song. No, good, yeah, best a, song on the album. That's a good pick. If if I was if I was repping um, Team Van Halen. And that's, that's a good one. Well, it was that's not the most Sammy song. It was not. They, it wasn't in had. my list of three, but it's but it's still a really good one. Mm -hmm. So I'm down with that. Um, anything more on right now? No, man. Roll that beautiful right now footage. All right, here you go. Right now.
All right, and so now we're down to my last song. You know it's going to come from 1984. I would hope so. Um, I'd hope it'd be a, there were, the biggie. There were two or, th- two or three choices the there biggie. for me. It's not Jump. Really? Yeah. Nope. Dude, that's... Jump is the, the soundtrack of our childhood. Yeah. We're, I guess you... Uh, were you drunk then? What were you? No, but, but Panama's pretty good. No, no, I have that on my list yeah. of... No, I, I went with Panama. It was between Panama, Jump, and my actual... Up there with those two as favorites was I'll Wait. Just, that's a s- fantastic song, I think. Super great. I, th- I want to say, is that the one that... Yes, I know the story. Even though I didn't pick it, I'm going to tell this real quick. Did you know that Michael McDonald helped David Lee Roth in writing I'll Wait? How crazy is that? Okay, so immediately I started hear, trying to hear Michael McDonald singing "I'll Wait" in my head. Do, do you do stuff like that? So can you can you give us a little Michael McDonald I, I, I was, doing? That's what I was doing. I was trying to get can prep, you give us a little, a little little Michael out. Michael McDonald. a little Michael McD here doing "I'll Wait." I'll wait till your love comes down. Pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that's on the spot. I don't even know if that's the right lyrics, but I mean, yeah, we didn't plan that. <laughs> <laughs> that that singa- I'll be coming straight for you. <laughs> that Singapore sling's pretty good, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it makes you sing Michael McDonald oh, all way. No, that's awesome. So back to my actual pick. <laughs> You're still stunned at the Michael McDonald all way happening. Yep. So I went with I went with Panama. Uh, it, great it, song. Great song. Didn't make it to the top ten. It was like number thirteen. Um, Do you know what that song's about? David Lee Roth wrote it. Oh, you, you, uh, hey! If you've got the if you've got the lowdown, I've got the skinny on Panama. Man, hit me! And it's not about the country of Panama. It's not like a of political, not. a political statement. It's actually about a car that he saw at a race. It's actually a car that he saw racing, and it was the name of the car was somehow something Panama, and he was just really impressed with the car, and you know, and that's why his little talking segment in the you know between my legs right Easy it's about this back. it's yeah. because he's think the song was written about a car that had made an impression on him huh I, I always thought it was about like hanging out in a car with a chick so well i think it can go either way well as any good song should no they it should be open to interpretation but now how great is the intro to this song i mean how great no it's a no no it's and then you know the all the way down. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. And then it comes in, and, and it comes in, and it really has that vintage Eddie. Yeah, it's the good stuff. I mean, which is you know his his tone is called the brown sound. Yeah, and it's became huge. Yeah. Yeah, and and he got away from it a little with Van Hagar, which yes. is it, well, it, but it, I think that's because he wanted to try different things. It sort of went away. Um, we'll talk about some of that when uh, towards the end when. The, the picks that we made for the other guy that that haven't shown up in our actual picks but yeah that 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 he his sound man it's just it's eddie there's nobody else like it and that's that's part of any great guitarist so um yeah just uh you know panama was released um uh, summer of 84 i was uh about to turn 12 about to start seventh grade. Seven, uh, you know, I think seventh grade is a 
a pivotal time for just about anybody. Seventh grade? Yeah. Oh, it was for me, yeah. It's, I think it's just one of those years. That's my last year of being a little guy before I grew. Well, on, yeah, on my on my last minicast with Brianna, we were talking about music, and like that's about the time, you know, 11 or 12 is when music goes from being something that just you hear on the radio to something that like just completely embeds itself in your yeah, life. A lot of time that coincides with puberty. Yeah, too. I mean it just you're, where you're 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 at that point. New, I think really literally new neurons are opening and new things are happening with right. your body and, physically and mentally. And you're so. absorbing everything. And, and what, music what, turns into something make you think about a girl or think about this or want to dance. Right. And, and what's easier to absorb than music? Right. Yeah. So yeah. So that's 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 part of why so many songs from '84 plus '84 was a great year for music. But that's why I think that's why that album. If, if if I had to make my strongest argument for Van Halen uh, with David Lee Roth, my strongest argument is the 1984 album. Yeah, because you know you had you had Jump and Panama and I'll Wait and Hot for Teacher. Well, and you're coming at it from your own personal right, which what is what it meant, to, which is what we're supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah, that's. But most know, people would still say 1984 is like a magnum opus anyway. But well, I mean, yeah, it's. Even even the songs that aren't hits are great. Um, Top Jimmy is such a good song. It, it's on that album. Uh, Girl Gone Bad, love that one. Uh, not a huge fan of House of Pain. You know, there's only this is back when there's only eight or nine songs on an album. So, so anyway, makes more sense really. So that's my third pick um, for the what we're saying is Van Halen, um, Panama. Here it is. <laughs> Thank you. 
pick for what we're calling Van Hagar. Um, and this one was tough. And I know I, I, I you've already... I almost had like a three-way tie, but... You've already told me that you're going back to 5150. I've got another 5150 on my list. So, that that I picked... Try, whatever we call those picks. I don't know if it was trying to predict what the other guy was doing or contradict. Oh, I'm just going... Let's just jump straight to it. And I actually had a, a tie for third, so it's going to be end up being four. So... Okay, I'll accept that. You will. It's and, and they're both love, which they're love songs. They were, you know, but um, when it's love. Okay. And love comes walking in. I didn't have either one. Papow! I bet you had. Why can't this be love? Absolutely. Which yeah. is on my list. That's why I, it was so hard to pick that third one because I also love "Can't Stop Loving You" that Van Hagar did with. Oh, I forgot about that. That's song. a fantastic song with some really good guitar picking in it. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll go into honorable mentions, but I'm gonna I'm go- actually since we're going to talk some honorable mentions at the end for both bands, and we've kind of already done it. Yeah, I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna nail you down to just one for your third. Just one, uh, so you can yeah, so you can play it for me. So um, let's do. Why can't this be love? Because it does have a Van Halen sound with that guitar. It's so great. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, it, I, again, another song that has a great intro, and when you've got Eddie Van Halen in your band, your your songs are never going to start. I think that was the first song out of the gates on that album. It was. And it reached all the way to number three, so. It was. Yeah, they, hey man, to, to completely replace the most iconic front man, they came out kicking a year later with the next album with a new guy. Yep. Yeah. Um. 5150 is just a badass album. That that to me is the one that most stands up to 1984. Yeah, no, that's that's his best with them. Um, OU1812 is pretty good. There's some there's some nice songs on there, but uh, yeah. So this, this this song, why can't this be love? Just it it like you say it even it's kind of a love song. It's 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 a little mid tempo. A little mid tempo, and it's. It's almost more with 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 the synth and everything more closely akin to a jump, not quite as frenetic and going, but yeah. But it makes me think, huh? When I hear it, I'm like, when when it started playing, I was like, that's Van Halen before he even sang, you know. When I hear that song, it's high school. Yeah, and I hear it, I'm like, that's Van Halen before whoever sings starts yeah. singing it. So. Yeah, and that just makes it just makes me think of high school. I was a freshman in high school, and yeah. I, I, actually, I can't get away from any of these songs um, without some sort of memory of growing up. That's the way music works. Yeah, especially from 
1984 album Put on. Put you back into a time and a place. Okay, well. So you can play. Um, why yeah, can't this be love? Yeah, we're gonna favorite. we're gonna do we're gonna do that one. I'm glad I'm glad it was in there all tied up with you, um, with the others, so that we can we can stick that one in here. So, all right. So Rob's third pick. Why can't this be love? So we have we have gone all over the place. Um, my three picks were um, "Ain't Talking About Love," 
and the Cradle of Rock and Panama. And yours were Dreams, Dreams, Right Now, and Why Can't This Be Love. Yep. And so Dreams and Why Can't This Be Love were both on uh, 5150. Mm -hmm. Um, So on my list that I made... Um, I, I what you thought I might pick, or what you thought I should, or pick. right, or, or maybe what, yeah, maybe of what I thought, uh, what I would have picked for 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 a defense of Hagar. Okay, were dreams. Mm-hmm. We've already said That's that one. Idea. Why can't this be love? And my third one was also from fifty one fifty, and it was best of both worlds. That's a good song too. Oh, uh, just you want to talk about? Well, you got two out of three of mine. Wait a minute. So. No, wait a minute. Was that on Best of... No. I don't think it yeah, was. Yeah, it was. It was. It, it was. I was looking at the wrong sheet. Yeah, it was definitely... There was videos for it, so it had to be that one. There was MTV videos Yeah, for it, it led off the second side of that album. Actually, and I've got um, I've got every studio release uh, from the very beginning through Sammy. Ah. I've got them all. Yeah. Uh, on vinyl. That's cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, Best of Both Worlds, was, that's my favorite. So... Those were my three, and Best of Both Worlds is my favorite of the Van Hagar era. Okay, so my list of what I thought you should do. Jump. I can't argue. Which was there was a number one hit. I can't argue with that one. It's great. Than, I, I hear it now, and I'm happy. And I wanted to be, and I started thinking, you know, trying to go a little bit outside the box. I, I actually picked five. I'm just going to say them because there's, there's songs we've not talked about. Hey, we'll no, be fine. out That's, there. We, we, we've done our Jump. list. Panama, which you did pick, thank right. you. Eruption, yeah, I which mean, which made so many guys go out and buy guitars and of course yeah. get into music. Yep. Um, running with the devil. Yeah, we haven't even talked about running with the devil. And what? then I really picked one I thought was their most rocking, really kind of early Van Halen, figuring out what they were, and that was Unchained. Oh, that's such a good song. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Very I'm rocking and very. Very David Lee Roth, yeah. unfortunately. I, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, he came out of the womb, Corny. Yeah. Uh, look, that, that that should be one of your main arguments against Van Halen and David Lee Roth is how corny the guy yeah, is. Yeah, he's David Redenbacher. Even, <laughs> even yeah, e- even when he was cool and, you know, had the cool hair and the cool dance moves and the cool karate and Mr. Miyagi, as you say, and the you know, twirling the uh, the mic stand. He probably still freaks some of the groupies out. They're like, oh, we're going to do it with you, but dude, you're kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, they, they're like, because you are you are David Lee Roth, but can you dial this <clears throat> shucking back? I, now, I can't remember. Our dad has met, I think it was Eddie Van Halen. They were playing in Johnson City. Dad didn't go to the concert, but he was the hotel they were staying at. I think Dad was at the uh, the bar there or whatever. Probably picking Burton up. Uh, who knows? But I think there was. I think the Van Halen guys were having a party there, and somehow Dad got up there and got in and got to talk to Eddie. I don't think he met Dave. That had probably been late seventies. So yeah, we're probably well, talking. Van Halen was what the first album seventy eight. Yeah, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. It was after nineteen eighty. But anyway, I think he actually met Eddie. We'll have to ask you about that when we get him. Yeah, on here. I've heard him. I've heard him tell that. Yeah, so 
Yeah. You just any, hit record. We'll let him narrate as long as he wants to for hours. Narrate. He will that's, narrate that's a, a story. Uh, that's a word that one of our dad and, and us, uh, one of our good friends used to say, he's not with us anymore, but it was it was his word for narration. He would say that people would narrate. And that means expound at great length and measure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, anybody that doesn't know, we, we are trying desperately to hook up a time for Dad to come over and talk to us because he has a million stories. It'll probably be three or four podcasts worth. I don't know. It'll be the anthology of Rico. Uh, he has so many stories of, um, it's unbelievable. So we'll, we'll we'll get him over over here to do that. But, um, you know, back back to this Van Halen, Van Hagar thing. We're not doing this for a winner. There's not a winner. They're both great. And no, it's, and it's, it's all just, about preference. It's two different bands, and you said about preference. And and I think um, bringing it back to the uh, audio biography part of it, a lot of it just has to do with how old you were, what was going on, as to which one is 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 the best to you. People or, or younger than us are going to maybe fall toward the Van Hagar stuff. I don't know. They might go Gary Sharon. That would be unfortunate. I love Gary Sharon. No, I, I love, love him with Extreme, Extreme. But that that album. I think they're back together, right? Yeah, that album. Yes, they are. That's where he should be is in yeah. that band. Yeah, that 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 album he did with Van Halen. Just I tried tried so hard to 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 love it because I love Van Halen and I love Gary Sharon, and for me it didn't work. No, it didn't. It wasn't a mix. Yeah, uh, I think Gary Sharon's too nice of a guy. Well, I I don't know how he could stand the the Eddie and um, Alex because they're they're dicks. Well, think about Sammy and Dave. They their egos are very well inflated, so they can probably handle that. Yeah, yeah. Well, plus you know for Sammy, you know him and Michael Anthony, they they still play together. They're yeah. in uh, the circle. It's called the circle. It's him and it's those two and Jason Bonham and what's the guy's name? I think it's. Victor something they weren't the, the guitar they weren't player. The chicken foot thing or what were they there? No, that's that's um Joe Satriani and um what's his face from Chili Peppers that looks like Will Ferrell. <laughs> oh, Chad. His name's Chad. Yeah. Chad That's something. like being Chad Smith. That's like right? being Karen. Isn't it Chad Smith? Sit down, Karen. Yeah. Sit well, down, Chad. Yeah. This is Chad and Karen Smith, our friends. Chad. If my parents, our parents had named me Chad, I would have changed it when I got old enough. You don't want to be a Chad, especially yeah. not a hanging Chad. Yeah. <laughs> that's Chad, a, da- that's Chadwick. a little, da- little dad joke Short for, for Chadwick. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, that chicken foot, was, that was, and I think Michael Anthony was in that, he too. Was, that's what I knew. I thought yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was, it was him, and, him and Sammy, Joe Satriani, and Chad. And Chad. Uh, I know there's a lot of huge fans of Chickenfoot, and and I like them. Okay, they're just not somebody I go out of my way to listen to. No, now if they were at the Orange Peel, I'd be all about going and watching them. Or but something. this band that he's got now called The Circle, which I was saying was Sammy, Michael Anthony, uh, Jason Bonham, which is John Bonham's son, of course, has done a million things. I, I, I am I can't believe I can't think of of the guy's name. Is um, he a guitar player? He is a guitar player. Uh, black guy. Um, well, that's already something different. Yeah, um, this is really killing me. Unless um, it's Vernon from Living Color or something. No, I think I want to say his name is like Vic, Victor or something. I don't know. We'll look that up. It is Vic, Vic Johnson. 
Vic Johnson. Vic Johnson. Really good guitar player. Of course, Sammy plays guitar in the band, yeah. too, which was another thing that lifted Van Halen while he was there. He did play guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did play guitar on stage with them. So, you know, they had... No, that's why they... Like I said, their tours did well with him. Yeah. So, I'm like, why are you playing that guitar? You should have a metal stick spinning yeah. around and some nunchucks. And but I was... Yeah, I, but bringing it back around because I'm, ram- I'm rambling. Some tape to put around your legs or something, <laughs> you know, or but, something but, cool like Dave. Yeah. Well, yeah, Sammy and Michael Anthony are like best buds. And a lot of that, I'm sure, is what they endured from... And a lot of that Alex is, and Eddie. is the stuff they do now kind of sounds like Van Hagar because they were kind of Van Hagar. Yeah. Well, what, what they Michael do... But Michael Anthony was on every album up until what, the one they just did. The yeah. New, the one in, like, what, 2012. So. Yeah, that was like, what was that called? Like an, another... No, but it actually was very critically well-received. It was. It's really good. It's because I think they took, like, seven pieces of songs from the 70s that they never had done and finished them and yeah, I remember, them. Yeah, I remember when it came out and, and I first listened to it, I, I had no expectations. Right. And they much less high because David Lee Roth. The last thing I remembered of David Lee Roth was that bluegrass thing that he did on The Tonight Show. Well, I think it was a Millie Vanilli thing on that album. David didn't sing those. They had a guy who sounds like <laughs> David Lee Roth did when he could sing. A Different Kind of Truth. That was the name of that album. Yes. Um, and the truth is that... I don't know. It it, it did sound good. Um, no, it was well received and good. I mean, yeah. it was. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind. Kind of going all. back to old school Van Halen. Yeah. But yeah, going back going back to what Sammy's doing now with uh, Michael Anthony, they're basically playing um, Van Hagar songs, Sammy songs, um, new Sammy songs. Uh, what I they're doing is cashing checks like all the rest of. Well, you know, Sammy's got the TV show on. Um, what is um, it? Axiom? Access TV. Yeah, ax- yeah. It's it's like uh, where he goes and road show, rock and roll road yeah, show. Yeah, and he goes and like talks that. to musicians, and then he sits in at the end and does a little song yep. with them. And he has his yearly birthday party where they do. He does the concert, and it's mm-hmm. they always film it, and it's on TV every year. That thing's always it's always really good. Sells alcohol, which they say is a way to make millions of dollars. Yeah, he sells tequila and rum. He probably mm-hmm. sells all of it. He's known for his tequila, and he's trying he to... He probably makes more money off that than he does anything else he does. He's tr- yeah, he's trying to become um, known for his rum now, too. But, uh, yeah, he's done very well for himself. He's kind of a cool Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> he kind of is. Yeah, I mean... He wears the he wears the canvas shirt and the board the fli- shorts the and, flip-flops and the flip-flops, and but he doesn't suck. Yeah, yeah. No, he does it red rock. And he doesn't style. blow his flip flop off either. Or blow it out. Whatever. On a Pop Tart. Yeah, on a Pop Tart. Strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> Our groupies are looking at us like, what in the world are they talking about? Y'all just drink your wine. Yeah. All right. So like I said, there's not a winner or a loser here. Is there anything more you want to say about any any of the history of Van Halen from beginning to now? No, but I still have to tell a story, so Okay, that 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 that's where we'll that's where we're going to end it. Matter of fact, I will uh, play the song too. Yes, and and so you go ahead and start your story. <laughs> and this this comes from for unlawful, unlawful carnal knowledge. knowledge. So I went in high school. This was ninety two. Yeah. So shout out to Steve, Steve Harrell. Hopefully, Steve, you'll listen to this. I'll actually send you a message to listen, so you can hopefully listen all the way through, then get to the end and laugh your ass off. But anyway. Driving with Steve, leaving his house. We, I don't know where we were going. We are in high school. We were going somewhere. 
and he drove this really ragged out, crapped out Cavalier. It was like an 81 Cavalier, and this was 92. Uh, so we're, we're merging onto was this the before, highway. Was this before he got the Baby Blue Escort or that, after? Th- this was the baby, blue, baby Blue Balls was after this. That's <laughs> what we called that Escort, Baby Blue Balls. But anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, we're pulling onto the highway, and he looks, you know, he's looking before he merges out over his left shoulder as, as I'm putting <laughs> a CD into the CD player. I'm pretty sure... Maybe you can double check me. This is the first song on this on the album. In it order. absolutely is. Yes, I put it in. And of course, you know, at that point we had stereos in our cars that were worth a lot more than our cars. Of course, yeah. You know that almost made the cars shake apart, especially like an '81 Cavalier. Like just your decks alone were probably worth more than your cars. Oh yeah, that in addition to you know a box in the backs with 18-inch subs and 2,000 watt amplifiers. Put it in, you know, and it's like, alright. And you know that pound cake hits, and right as it, right as that song hits at the very beginning, he had this was a straight drive car, you know, four speed. <laughs> he dumps the clutch because it's clear. Dude in front of us has never left. And right as pound cake starts, we pound cake this guy right in the rear of his car. You know, and Steve, first thing he says, turns, looks at me, he's like, "I don't have any insurance." <laughs> <laughs> of course you don't. And I was like, you're screwed. <laughs> Best part is, guy gets out of his car, long story short, gets out of the car, and he, and he, he looks like some old this actor from the movie, ta- from the show Taxi. Before you say it, what the guy says is something that we say to, to this, this day. day it became part of our lexicon, yes. It's, yeah. He gets out and he's bald, has a little fringe of hair around, really short and stubby, and his shirt's unbuttoned down, hairy chest, and he literally has like a stump of a cigar in the side of his mouth, and he's... And he's rubbing his neck, and he gets out, and Steve's like, man, you okay? He's like, you jerked the shit out of my neck, boy. And I turned to Steve and said, you're really screwed. I'm like, this is going to be like the Brady Bunch. He's going to be in court with the neck brace on, Now I'm going to have to drop the briefcase to make him turn around and perjure himself. So regardless of that, all that, they, Steve's like, I don't have insurance, but he's like, I live right down here if you're falling home to my parents, and. Literally, he went home, and I think that guy just took his parents to the cleaner because it really didn't do anything to his cutlass or whatever he but was driving. But it jerked the shit out of his but neck. But it jerked the shit out of his neck. I think they put, he probably got 150 bucks pain and suffering from Gary and Roberto on that. <laughs> on top of getting a new bumper for his cutlass. <laughs> oh, I love I love that story. I wish I'd have been in the car with you But the timing of the music, I was sliding the CD, and I wasn't paying any attention. I'm like, Steve, you know, he's, he's the pilot. I'm co-pilot. I'm doing the music. <laughs> Pound cake hits, and then we pound the oh, car in front of us. That's so. great. Well, as we end this episode, uh, we'll spin up pound cake for you. Yeah, go don't, ahead. Don't, hit, don't a, hit a car. Don't hit a car. So And have insurance. Yeah. So this has been Audiobiography. I'm, I'm Richie, and that's Robbie. And you can find us uh, anywhere you get uh, your podcast, whether it's iTunes or Google or Spotify or Podbean. There, it's, it's out there. Uh, if you want to find our website, it's audiobiopc.com. If you want to find us on Twitter, it's at audiobiopc. If you want to find us on Facebook, just search for Audiobiography, the podcast. That's us. So, till next time, here's some pound cake. <laughs>